You're listening to the podcast for Gloucester Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a church in Gloucester, England. Well, we're returning uh, to new sermon series after Christmas. I've had done a few different things these last few weeks, but we're returning to the book of Luke in the morning. And uh, in the evening, Michael's going to be picking up where we left off in the book of Genesis. And so in Luke, we're picking up this central section. So Luke divides into three main sections. That first section's all based in, in and around Galilee. And then there's this long section in the middle from 951 onwards um, where Jesus told he sets his face towards Jerusalem. And there's this long journey to Jerusalem. And then that final section is in Jerusalem. It's all the debates and all the discussions within Jerusalem. And then finally, the trial of Jesus and his crucifixion in Jerusalem. So we're in this this middle section of uh, Luke's gospel. Um, it's, a, it's a short reading, um, but never fear. I thought we'd have an Old Testament reading, which I'm going to sneak in um, so you didn't feel shortchanged. Uh, one of Luke's favorite books is the book of Isaiah. Uh, as you read through the book of Luke, you find very frequently he quotes Isaiah and he alludes to it in many places. And so uh, as we go through Luke... We'll see many links back to Isaiah. So I thought I'd just read the beginning of chapter 40, which is a famous passage, which in a way is a a prologue to Isaiah 40 to 55. So hear these words of Holy Scripture. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Uh, That is exact payment for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be lifted up. And every mountain and hill made low, the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God, behold the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. 
He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Wonderful words from the book of Isaiah, our New Testament reading from Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 51 to 55, printed in your sheets. When the days drew near for him, that is Jesus, to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And then he he carries on through the other villages proclaiming the kingdom. Well, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word of truth. We praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ, his great glory and great power. And we pray as we consider your word this morning that you would teach us more of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are. This middle section of Luke is all about this journey to uh, Jerusalem. And um, it's not simply a matter of geography that uh, Luke is interested in, just exactly sort of where he goes and a sort of sat-nav interest on on how he's going to get to Jerusalem. Uh, This idea of a journey echoes uh, much, uh, many stories in Scripture. It echoes uh, the Exodus journey as God brought his people up out of the tyranny of Egypt and he brings them through the waters of the Red Sea, the the waters of baptism, as it were, and into the new, uh, the new land, into the promised land. It echoes that journey. And Luke is also echoing uh, the, the journey which is spoken of in the book of Isaiah, which is the, really the return from exile, as those who are lost and far away from God are brought back, as it were, on a, on a new exodus, back to the Lord. And all these echoes, then, are, are, are worked into to Luke, into his gospel. So as we see Jesus on this journey to Jerusalem, these themes are, are picked up. And this has already uh, happened. So Luke, um, in Luke chapter 9.31, we've had the, the account of the Mount of Transfiguration as Jesus appears and Moses and Elijah are, are with him and they're discussing things and they begin to speak about his departure that he was going to bring at Jerusalem, or literally his exodus that he is going to bring at Jerusalem. So he's speaking there with Moses about the exodus that is going to happen, and we're meant to therefore read the gospel in terms of this great exodus that God is is bringing about through Jesus, who is the true Passover lamb, and is going to be leading us out of a world of sin and death into a better country. So he picks up on all these these themes of um, journeying as he's there with his disciples. And um, he's sending his his messengers on ahead in verse, uh, well, sorry, verse 51, uh, our first verse. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he, Jesus, set his face to go to Jerusalem. So 
when the days drew near, that also is another echo of, of um, a theme in Luke, which is about the, the, everything being fulfilled. Remember those early chapters in Luke is all about the things which have been promised and now coming to fulfillment. And th- this phrase, when the days drew near, this, this shows us that all that's happening in Jesus is culminating all that has gone before. And then this curious phrase, he speaks of Jesus, uh, the days drawing near for him to be taken up. Uh, taken up, this, this, the, the word here um, is, a, is a word related to the word which is to do with the, the ascension. And in the book of Acts speaks of Jesus being received up into glory. So this here is speaking of uh, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's an interesting expression. There's actually an echo here of um, 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. Remember the story of Elijah who was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. And so we have Jesus in these early chapters, Jesus as um, there's echoes of, of him, how he's like the prophet Elijah and also how he's not like the prophet Elijah. But Jesus is going to be received up to glory. But he sets his face to go to uh, Jerusalem. So that is, he sets his face there, the, 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 the idea there being actually he is... Um, He's determined, he has to steel himself and exercise courage for it is in Jerusalem where he will be crucified and die. It is, he knows what faces him. He will face difficulty and rejection. And he's already spoken to his disciples about the hostility, the rejection, the hatred that he's going to face. And so he steals himself and he has to face uh, face this great difficulty ahead of him. And I think one of the things we also see in the book of Luke is just the, the human nature of Jesus, that he was a, a real man with real fears. And actually for, for him to, to face that ahead took uh, was a challenge and it was difficult for him as he had to go and head towards danger and difficulty. So he sets his face, and I think there's probably an echo of Isaiah's servant in, in Isaiah uh, 50. It speaks of uh, the, the servant of the Lord says, the, the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint. So Jesus is determined in his purpose uh, to go and lay down his life um, to, to die for his people. So he, he sets his face And then, verse 52, he sends messengers ahead of him to go and enter the village of the Samaritans. Sends messengers ahead, likely a couple of the 12. And Luke has already shown us that Jesus has called the 12 and he's sent them out. So chapter 9 says he's called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So the kingdom of God has drawn near. He's sending out uh, the, the messengers. And in some places they might expect hospitality. So chapter 9, he says to them, take nothing with you, no staff or bag or bread. But in some places he said that they're to expect rejection. So chapter 9, verse 5 says, whenever they don't receive you, leave that town and shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. 
So according to his normal way of working, he sent messengers ahead. So, and we're to see more here than he's just sending them ahead to sort of get the, get the accommodation sorted out and make sure there's food. Here is actually, there's a continuity of the ministry of, of John the Baptist, who was sent ahead of the Lord to prepare the way of the Lord. The point is that, that the king is coming, the Lord is coming to visit, and is he going to be received by the people or not? And so that some of these um, ideas from Isaiah really get picked up by, by Luke in these things, and there's this continuity with the ministry of John the Baptist, who's preparing the way um, before the Lord. But the surprising thing, really, uh, or at least for the disciples, is that they're entering, entering this village of the Samaritans. For as you will likely know, there's this just deep hostility between uh, the Jews and the Samaritans. And so, uh, ordinarily, uh, the, the Jews would skirt around the edge of Samaria. So, you have a lovely map, which I think some of you thought was a map to, the, to find the Cochrane's house afterwards, but it, it's not. It's a map to show the route from, um, from Galilee down to Jerusalem. And um, typically, the, the Jews, such was the hatred that they would skirt round on the coastal road um, or they would skirt round um, uh, along the... the the, the River Jordan, on the east of the River Jordan, and add days and days to their journey. So to go through the middle would take three days. To go around the edge would take six or seven days, poss possibly more. Such was the, 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 the route. And so why is Jesus taking this shortcut? Well, it wasn't just that he was out of time. He actually had a, a deliberate purpose to be um, seeking the lost of Samaria. He went through, uh, through the middle of this, this place. Now, the hostility um, between Samaria and Judea, just, it, was, it went back a thousand years. The, the kingdom was united under David and united under Solomon. Um, but under, under Rehoboam, the kingdom was split in two, and you have the, those ten tribes um, Going, those ten northern tribes splitting off from the southern tribes, and those northern tribes had a rival centre of worship. Um, and then they were taken away by the Assyrians into exile and then repopulated, so they were mixed ethnically. And then they had a, another temple in Mount Samaria, which they, they got permission from Alexander the Great to build this rival temple. And so there's this deep hostility between them and it, it centered on you know where was the right place to worship and they, they had this contest over that and so this this is one of the sort of world's intractable problems that really couldn't be sorted out and at the heart of it was this this religious tension but there was also ethnic tension there as well so deep 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 division um, even deeper than some of the sort of ancient hostilities you might think of in our own United Kingdom. Um, so uh, apparently in York, I don't know if this is true, in York, excluding Sundays, it's perfectly legal to shoot a Scotsman with a bow and arrow. <laughs> apparently. I don't know if that's true. But um, 
probably in Edinburgh they return the, the, the favour, don't they? Uh, but we have these deep hostilities, even in our own land. We think of sort of Ireland, Northern Ireland, the Republic there, and, and Belfast, and the, the troubles there. Um, we have these just deep tensions. And in, in the UK, um, it's sort of class divisions, isn't it? Uh, the people with posh voices. Sorry about that. Um, I remember when I lived in London, there was a, just, a, just a snapshot of this. There was a, a bloke in a, in a white van driving down the road and a cyclist. And you could probably think of the, the class divisions. And one got in the way. And it was just, it, there was just this huge eruption of anger, uh, which was much more than a traffic kind of problem. It was it sort of it was this the the the, the, the working class in the Middle East and and the and the and middle classes just deep hostilities. And we I suppose every culture has them and has these intractable problems. Um, and here's was was one of theirs between Samaria and Judea. And so the Lord Jesus he goes. Um, through Samaria. So surprising that they're going through there. And how are they received? Verse 53. Uh, the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. See the problem there, these different worship centers. And these really, these ancient feuds and this ancient division raises its ugly head. And the Samaritans appear to just be making a stereotyped reaction and rejection of Jesus and those with him without any true knowledge of his real mission. They just see, here's a, here's a Jew going to Jerusalem, and that's, that sets them off. And James and John, they react in kind. Verse 54, um, when the disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell far to come down from heaven and consume them? And this, probably the incident which gives them uh, their nicknames, the Sons of Thunder. It's wonderful, isn't it? They there want the hammer to fall immediately on Samaritans. So their reaction goes way beyond sort of shaking off the dust of, of, of the, their feet as a sign for them. Um, and actually, uh, this is another echo of an Old Testament story of Elijah. At the beginning of 1 Kings, when Elijah is confronting um, the um, the, the king is sending soldiers. The prophet calls down fire upon them, at least the first two groups. So they're, they're probably thinking, well, they've got scriptural warrant, maybe theological justification for their call for fire to fall down upon uh, the Samaritans, this instant retribution. But Jesus rebukes them. Um, and in the, the other, another translation, there's another manuscript tradition which adds where he, Jesus adds, you do not know what spirit you are of. Um, they're speaking really out of, the, out of the flesh, out of their very human reaction, um, given the, the hostility and the history, and they just react. Um, but that is not how Christ reacts. That is not his purpose. So Jesus, he does warn, as we move on, we'll see he does warn uh, that those who reject him and reject his kingdom will face um, God's judgment, will ultimately face the fire from, from heaven. He, he talks about it being more bearable uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for uh, some of the towns in northern Israel. Um, 
And we know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. The fire fell from heaven. So Jesus, he doesn't say, look, guys, 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 all, all this stuff, fire falling from heaven, that's just Old Testament and now we're in the New Testament and we don't do that anymore. That, that's not what he's saying. Uh, there is divine judgment. God promises that. But Christ has this deeper purpose for the Samaritans and a deeper purpose for our world than to simply sort of bring the hammer down in judgment. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and to save. And so um, we see that as we look through Luke and Acts, that actually um, Luke, as he tells us this gospel, shows us that, that there's this interest in the Samaritans, they pop up a few times. Think of the parable of the Good Samaritan. We meet them again, or the, the lepers who came back to uh, Jesus, or, or the one leper who came back who was a Samaritan. And then as we read into, into the book of Acts, we see, um, we see the Lord actually at, at work. The gospel goes out to Samaria, and they are brought in and included in the people of God. So one of the things we're meant to see here is here is the Lord Jesus as the king of Israel, and he is restoring these northern tribes. He is healing this ancient division between the tribes. And there's other places in, in Isaiah that picks up of that. So one of the tri northern tribes was Ephraim, and Ephraim would be, that was sort of, it would stand for the northern tribes sometimes because it, it was a leading tribe, tri um, tribe. And so Isaiah 11:13 speaks of the reign of the king and says that the jealousy of Ephraim shall depart and those who harass Judah shall be cut off. Uh, Ephraim shall not be jealous of Judah and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. So speaking of these two tribes that were in Isaiah's day so divided, uh, by, as the king came, he was going to restore and reunite those tribes and so as we see this portrait of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke's gospel, we see that he is the one who has come to restore the, restore the world and all the families of the earth and bring the nations back to him. And he is the one who is going to make a highway and a broad path for people from every tribe and nation and tongue to come back to, to the Lord, to come back to their creator. And so, so there's this, this area, Samaria, the, the, the disciples would think, well, I don't want to go there. We're going to go around the edge. Um, and Jesus, in his grace and his purpose, thinks, well, I'm going to go through the middle and I'm going to open up a highway. And many people who are caught in this idolatrous situation, in, in this, there is, was false religion and, and the Sumerians, it was all bound up with the worship of, of magic and, and the occult and all sorts of things they had. They, they held on to some of the scriptures. I think they had the first five book. They believed in the, they had to acknowledge the Pentateuch, but they didn't have the rest of the, the scriptures. So they were, they were just in a muddle, but Jesus did not write them off. He opened a pathway for them to come back to himself. So I think we see in this little text, we just see something of the heart of Christ. When you think of our world, just how, how divided we are. How divided we are as the United Kingdom in so many different ways, historically, uh, ethnically, um, in terms of religion. And people often look at it and, 
um, the sort of secular humanists will say, well, the religion's the problem. We just need to get rid of religion, and then we'll live in this lovely, happy harmony uh, of a sort of a, a, you know, if we have a strong enough secular state, we can all live in harmony. And you think, well, you know, well, they've tried that in France and Sweden. It's not really working out so well, is it? Um, so, so religion, in a way, is part of the problem, but it's because the the carnal heart will, will kind of grab hold of anything and, and, and twist anything to, to foster these divisions. Uh, but Christ came to reunite. Christ came to bring us into one people and, and to bring us through one baptism into to one body. He came to, to restore the world. And in the church, the church is the place where we're supposed to see those divisions healed. Um, and so as we're, we're here in Gloucester, we're praying, we pray for open doors for, for, the, for the gospel. And we should expect and anticipate that as we're here, as God blesses us, that he will be opening doors for people to, to come from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of communities that perhaps at the moment we would sort of be a bit wary of and we would uh, walk, walk around the edges. You know, there's one part of Gloucester, three mosques in Gloucester and, and a community there that we don't really have any inroads into at the moment. But the Lord Jesus came to seek and save the lost, didn't he? He is the one who seeks. And his heart for this is actually, um, his heart is very different from the disciples often. We're, we're sort of wandering along behind him, but it's Christ who came to seek and save the lost. And that is why we, we pray that he would do it, that he would be opening doors, that Christ would be doing that, that he would bring the northerner and the southerner um, together and those from all different places. And so as, as we're here, um, that we, we just trust that the Lord will, will be doing that. Um, and we look forwards ultimately to, to well, the return of Christ, the, the, the return of Christ and the renewal and the restoration of, of all things. It'll be when Christ returns that all things will be put right, that the whole of the world will be, as it were, healed and brought into unity and harmony. And so in response to this, I think we're just going to be praying that Christ be at work in our own hearts um, and um, that we wouldn't be quick to react like those sons of thunder. We think of some of the divisions even in our own um, households, in our own families and extended families where we can uh, worsen divides rather than uh, bring the, the bring Christ into those situations. Well, let us pray as we, as we close. You've been listening to the Sermon Podcast for Gloucester Evangelical Presbyterian Church. You can find us out online at gloucesterpres.co.uk. For more, thank you.